Welcome to the Teachers Podcast in association with Classroom Secrets, the podcast that's here to help teachers. Whether it's discussing the latest issues in education or sharing top tips for use in the classroom, if you work in education or want to know more about the sector, then this is the podcast for you. Now, please welcome your host, former teacher, life work balance advocate and successful business owner, Claire Riley. So my guest today, Emma Can, is a coach specialing in supporting teachers and leadership teams, helping them to create mindful, healthy and productive school environments where challenges are managed without overwhelm or burnout. It sounds like the dream, doesn't it? Um, so before leaving the classroom, Emma worked as a teacher after she qualified in 2009 and she enjoyed working to make an impact on the lives of the children that she taught. But, you know, to have the greatest impact on her pupils, it led her to, to lose some of that love that she had for teaching. So in 2018, she left the classroom. She had no plan. But through that process, she discovered a coaching, which relit the spark inside her. And that's how she finds herself here today. So let's get to our conversation. So Emma, thank you so much for joining me on the Teachers Podcast today. Hello, nice to be here. I feel like this has been on the cards for quite a long time. Like we had our first conversation quite a while ago now. Yeah, I think you reminded me that I think I probably thought about or saw your podcast kind of, I don't know, like a year plus ago. And I think you reminded me of that. And um, yeah, it's just nice to be able to have the conversation because I think we get snippets of conversation, but we're going to record this bit so other people can listen in and um, and hear what we're going to yeah. come up with. Yeah. And, and so much value as well. So, oh my word, it's one of my favorite things. We're talking about coaching <laughs> and personal development again. But from a different perspective, um, so I'm promising to not go on forever about uh, this and get off on too many tangents. So we have had a number of educational coaches on the podcast before. So from your point of view, can you explain what you see as coaching um, for teachers Uh who may have not come across it before? Yeah, so I suppose if if I was coming to it with no knowledge of coaching whatsoever, which I did actually when I first discovered it um yeah it might be a a totally new thing but I would say there are so many elements of teaching in coaching for me it's all the bits about helping somebody to come up with their own answers and their own way forward it's not about going here's how I do it so here's how you have to do it it's not about going here's the one way and here's the one way that you must follow it's about coming up with your own way forward coming up with your own understanding it's about um kind of processing things and reflecting on things and and that's so much of what we as teachers do but we just call it teaching and then I kind of discovered that you can call those aspects something else so I think coaching really is about understanding yourself and understanding your Mm. mind and the power of your mind and understanding what's important to you and then kind of with all that understanding understanding how you can make choices that feel good to you that you know that put you kind of in the driving seat rather than doing just kind of what you think is expected of you or what someone else tells you to do or what it says in you know by the book so coaching is really empowering and if and if you didn't know anything about it it kind of can feel like a conversation you know it can feel as simple as I've just had a conversation but it's that kind of conversation where you think, ah, oh, I've never thought about it like that before. Or, ah, oh, that was a question that got me to kind of think about it differently. Or just maybe a space where 
in a coaching session is totally your agenda. The coach is there to support your agenda. So normally conversations are kind of two way, you know, there's two people like coaching is like a really unique space where I think you can just totally get out what's in your head that you didn't even know was in your head, get it all out, follow that agenda, come up with your own answers and somehow feel clearer about something that you didn't maybe even know that you weren't clear about to start with. So that's maybe as tangible as I can make it right now. You know how special it is and it's not always something you can kind of sum up that easily. No, and I think that was a really good description um, because I have another podcast actually, the Education Business Podcast, uh, that's uh, fairly new really. And I, I did an episode for that recently talking about the time that I do have with my coach and how that is like a really special space for just me which sounds really awful that I'm like, oh my word, that's that's actually all about me. Because I think when you're in a position like this, it's really easy for lots of people to have the perception of, well, you're the leader, so everything's about you. But in reality, as a leader, and I think, you know, if you're a head teacher listening to this right now, know that I understand this, it's never about you. If you're the leader, it's never, ever about you. So it's like that one place where it actually is about you. And I often go into coaching like with, uh, you know, my coach will go, what do you want to focus on? And I'll be like, yeah, I think I know. And then she'll be like, how's the month been? And I'll say something and say something. And then we're down a rabbit hole and it's, and it's, and it's something else. And for me, it's just, I always want to improve the relationship with myself anyway. And I'll do extra things, but it just helps me improve the relationship with myself and understand what I really want. And it's funny, yeah. you know, because I was just listening just now to um, a podcast episode that I'd recorded before Christmas and something else has happened since then that could have kind of made that wrong. But actually, because I'm starting to understand myself so much more, it made it more true, if that makes sense, because I really did, when I wrote the podcast episode, I really understood this one thing about myself. So how events have transpired kind of became more true. So... Yeah, yeah. I, I think there's that. definitely there's definitely something in that you can know something and then you can like really know something and then you can like truly know something like you know that's the thing with coaching that you might kind of almost revisit a similar conversation time and time again but you'll be different from what you've learned in the next conversation and you get that chance to reflect and and I do think that's why coaching is such a powerful tool but can be so powerful in education and teaching because when I was teaching I was just like on the treadmill the whole time and I didn't feel like I had those moments to just kind of get off and stop and think because you're just always doing like you say the next thing for the next person and you don't get time to just think about you because you you feel like it's selfish to go well I just have some time to think about me for a bit but that is really important because if you don't have those moments of pause and reflection you're just kind of plowing on regardless and you're not necessarily checking which direction you're going in which like isn't really that helpful and so I think that that's where it can be really powerful in education because it's such a busy job that coaching can give those pockets of opportunity to actually stop and reflect and that can be really powerful yeah yeah because it's so it's so time and isn't it to just do the next thing all the time now yeah. like you know when um when you first joined the call before we started recording we had a joke around oh my word how are we going to keep this episode short it's personal development and i just love it um so <laughs> why why is it important that teachers even just embrace personal development or, or go bigger and, and engage with coaching? Yeah, I mean, I think that is the thing that I know you've talked about this a lot. 
that even the idea of personal development when I was teaching wasn't really a thing that I particularly remember talking about or hearing about or being engaged in conversations. There was a lot of professional development that was talked about a lot, but personal development wasn't really, I can't really remember it being focused on. Um, And I know you've spoken about that before. And so I think that what I've learned about personal development since I left teaching, which was about three years ago, and I've really embraced coaching as a coach, working with people, but also, you know, having my own coaching and my own kind of journey on personal development, is that the more I understand about myself, like you were saying, the more I know what's important to me and kind of how I work and how my mind works, like the more that then I can use that information to help me move forward. Because if I know why, you know, if I know what's important to me, like what my values are and what's important to me, then I can understand why something isn't sitting right and why something's really annoying me and why that person really annoys me every time they do something or why like that decision didn't feel right or why that thing is like triggering me in some way because I can dig into myself and understand that about myself. But if I don't do that personal development, I don't understand that. And if I can understand those things better, I can make better choices that align with that in the future. So I just think that I'd like to think now I'd be a much better teacher now than I was when I was teaching because of the personal development that I've done, because I now understand myself so much better. I I now kind of, and I also understand my mind. I also understand that the thoughts I have are just thoughts and I can choose to believe them or not. But I didn't know that when I was teaching. So if I had a thought about you know, I'm so behind, I'm not a good teacher, like, uh, I've done something wrong. Like, those were thoughts that I had that came into my mind, I just, like, believed them. And then it was kind of really a negative spiral a lot of the time. Yeah. Yeah, and And I now know they became true. Yeah, I now know that, but I didn't know that at the time. So these things were, like, were true in my mind. I didn't know they were what I would now call limiting beliefs. I didn't know if you told me that three years ago, I'd have gone, what do you mean? They're not limiting beliefs. This is fact. This is true. This is the way the world is. And I would have told you things like, um, I'm a teacher, like it's stressful. That's just the way it is to be a teacher. You're meant to be stressed. I would have like told you those kind of things. Like that's a fact, but now I can look at that and go, actually, I was making choices that were making me more stressed. And I was, you know, I can take responsibility for some of those things that I now know that just because I have a thought, it doesn't have to be true. But I didn't know all this stuff without personal development. I didn't know that I could kind of control my mind in that way. So I think I was just teaching is busy and teaching is stressful. You know, that that is that is true to some degree. But equally, I can choose to make that better or worse. I can choose what I'm telling myself and I can choose kind of the actions I take. And that's what I wasn't doing. I was just kind of accepting that this is how it is. It's so difficult, isn't it? Because I feel like like having that brain understanding and knowing that they're just thoughts, like that is really powerful. And And it gives you bravery as well. I feel like it helps you be more brave, especially when it comes to knowing what you can say no to or being brave to... Um, accept the consequence of saying no to something or challenging something in the right way Um, but one of the things that I feel especially you know I've got quite a lot of experience now working with teachers or ex-teachers on the personal development and um, you know I've recently put a call out um, there's some things that I kind of want to test out 
around teachers who are still in the classroom who want to work on the personal development. And I suppose there's two things that um, I've kind of seen happen. One is um, there's no focus on personal development in schools because lots of people uh, at the first instance might think that it helps them improve in their jobs. Now, it's not that that wouldn't be the case, but it's not professional development. Uh This is about yourself. And the second thing is, you know, we've just talked about understanding your brain and the thoughts are just thoughts. And do you know what? You didn't learn that in a day's course. This is like a journey that you're on where you're always taking an extra step and you're listening to a book and you're learning this from this person, you're listening to that podcast and it's a long journey. And I think when you're so busy as a teacher to even think about what that journey could be, oh my word, that feels big and long and, and I feel like I'm kind of seeing that happen in some of the relationships that I've got kind of playing out that fear around I can't start it because do you know how long it is you're really far down that journey in comparison to me and I think that is yeah what, what would you say if somebody's listening and they're thinking personal development okay I've heard it loads now but oh my word it's it's just such a long journey and I don't know where to start yeah I mean I sadly think that if maybe four or five years ago some when I was still teaching someone had said I mean you can have these coaching sessions and they're amazing that you can uh, you know all this stuff all the stuff I would say now about how useful it could be I sadly think I would be a bit like I ain't got time for that I'm too busy I haven't yeah. got time I haven't so got time I. to talk to someone I would like what do you mean be like that and, and I know that that is a barrier because I totally get it because I totally see how most of the time, especially in a job like teaching, most of the time, every meeting you have, it adds stuff to your list. You know, you go into a meeting and you come out with a longer list than you went in with. You know, you went to deal with one issue and then you've come up with three more. Like you always, it seems every conversation I had when I was teaching would just give me something else to do. So of course I would think the same about coaching. I'd think like, I'm just going to go and talk to someone and then I'm going to have more to do. And not only did I have more to do, I now wasn't spending that hour marking my books. I was spending that hour just talking to someone. Like, how is that going to help me? So firstly, I'd say I totally get that. But, you know, coaching as an example, I kind of really strive to lessen the load through coaching. So if through a coaching session, you come away hopefully without a longer list of things to do but actually even maybe you've got rid of some of that stuff because you realize some of it wasn't important or maybe you've got clear on how you're going to do something so you don't spend half an hour working out where to get started because you actually know what you're going to do you know so hopefully you come up with less and I'd say the whole thing with personal development as a whole it's the same thing like yeah it might feel counterintuitive to sit and read a book or listen to a podcast or um, actually, you know, journal and take some time to think about what's going on in your head. That might feel counterintuitive when you feel so busy. But I would just check in if, if that's actually true or not, because I know I can easily like sit and watch Netflix for an hour. But the idea of like journaling for five minutes, like, oh, it feels hard. And that's me that I know the power of it. But still, I know that. So when people are saying I don't have time, I can't fit it in, like, you know, just check what that actually means, because would would spending five minutes just journaling before you go to bed to get some thoughts out of your head, would that actually help you? And are you already spending that five minutes doing something else that isn't helping you so much? 
You know, I think that we can tell ourselves a lot of stories about I don't have time for this. And like you said, the journey's going to be long. Yeah, it probably is. And actually, sometimes the more self-aware you get, the more it gets worse before it gets better in a sense. It's like if you're decluttering the cupboards or something, like you've got to get everything out first and you're like, why did I start this? Like now I've made a complete mess and I can't even use, I can't even get to my bed because I've got stuff everywhere. But then you put it away and it's better. It's a bit like that in your own head. Like you're going to start uncovering some stuff and then you're going to start going, why did I make that decision? Why did I say that? Oh, I didn't know I talked to myself like that. Oh, I didn't know I had this thought. It gets a bit messy for a bit but then you can kind of start to sort it. And I suppose it is a case of a bit like the decluttering. You do need to sort of have enough energy to get started and it probably will feel harder for a bit, but it is definitely worth it. But I totally know that feeling that people might have. And so I suppose all I can say is it is worth it and it will buy you time in the long run. And maybe you can find a way to get started with something. It doesn't need to be something that feels stressful and like it's adding to your load as a teacher because if it's becoming a burden that's not going to be good but is there a way that you could just spend a bit of time every week just getting some thoughts out of your head or maybe reading a book that you think someone's recommended that you've been meaning to read for ages could you just read like a chapter a week you know could you just start small because the momentum will probably carry you forward as well yeah I think it's one of it's a bit like um for me you know, when um, you exercise and then you get endorphins and then you want to exercise more. For me, that's yes. that's what it's like. You start doing it and at the beginning you're like, well, I, don't, I don't even think I understand what I'm listening to. But then after a while, you're like, oh my word, this is like really helpful to me. Like, I love this. And you find different ways. Like, it's funny how you mentioned journaling and even, you know, you struggle. And like, I've come back around to journaling so many times and this is the first year... I've actually started in January and I journal every day. And people think when you journal, oh, you have to just write an account of your day. Boring. Um, For for me now, I feel like I've finally, after quite a few years, got to the, what it needs to be for me. And it's Uh like on reflecting on the whole personal development stuff, like how I reacted in situations or what that meant to me. But I also voice journal it. So I I do that a lot. But yeah. now I'm just like, do you know what? I never reread them anyway. So why don't I just voice journal it? So now I voice yeah. journal it and uh, I've done it every day since the 1st of January yeah. because I found finally found a way that works for me. And so it's just this, it's still a journey. It's like a journey yeah. you will never end. Because I don't think you want it to end. Because I think yeah. that's a kind of false thing anyway of like we're getting to a final destination. Like there is no final, de- you know, there's only one final destination and that's when our lives end, you know. We're not, there is no final destination. It's all a learning journey and everything you do, I kind of treat everything as a bit of an experiment, you know. I try something, you see what happens, you learn from it, you do the next thing. And this is what I mean about how I'd be a better teacher because I just think as well it, that this stuff that I now know about my mind and that would have made me a better teacher because I I really thought I believed that when I was talking to the children about, you know, I'd say that making mistakes is good and that we can learn from failure. Like I would say that and I would, I would believe it, but I wasn't really truly wholly modeling it because as a teacher, as soon as I felt I'd made a mistake, like I'd missed a deadline or something wasn't good enough, the voice in my head wasn't being very kind to myself and it wasn't doing the whole, great Emma, you've made a mistake. Let's learn from it. I was like, right, I'm a bad teacher. 
I'm stupid. Someone's going to find out. Like, and so I wasn't really modeling it. And I just think that, like I say, I would be a better teacher now with what I know, because I would manage my teaching better and manage my workload better and manage my mind better. But that would make me a better teacher and a better role model for the students as well and for my pupils. And so like no one loses in this stuff, I don't think like it, it really does benefit everybody, everybody, yourself and everybody around you. And it's funny, isn't it? Because it's almost like we believe it for the kids, but we don't believe it for ourselves. Like we don't believe it for adults. But then I've seen that played out as well. Um, you know, so I've been, I've visited a lot of schools and sometimes I've been there for, uh, you know, periods of time where you can listen to conversations and pick things up. And, you know, I've been in plenty of schools where, you know, teachers have actually said to me, well, we, we don't have the same culture for the teachers that we have for the students so we say for the children oh yeah make mistakes but we don't have that for the adults and and it's true actually we don't we don't kind of do the same thing so it's kind of understandable we think there must be some special age in our head that we get to where oh you're not allowed to kind of make those mistakes or learn from them anymore Uh, just conscious of time what so say you're listening right now Uh um and you're thinking right how where do i even begin to start with coaching with personal development come on what would you say to them okay so I mean on that note we're just saying like there's there's a first step like teachers are so good at being so encouraging and so helpful and supportive of other people like that's literally such a massive part of the job of a teacher and yet I would just ask you to question how you're talking to yourself because I know I was not talking to myself like I would one of my pupils when I was in the classroom so if I made a mistake you know if a pupil made a mistake I'd say great you've made a mistake right let's learn from it let's do you know let's kind of see what you can um what you can change now and all those kind of things and then when I made a mistake I'd be like well you're stupid <laughs> and I would never say that to a child and I think if you frame it like that the number of times I've had that conversation with teachers would you say that to a pupil and they're absolutely horrified that what's going through their head imagining saying that to a pupil or another member of staff they just wouldn't do it so my first thing would be you know just become aware of that inner monologue that that voice that's going on in your head and actually is it being supportive and is it being helpful and is it or is it actually just being really horrible to yourself and think about the effect of that because if, if you had a pupil in your class that was struggling and you kept telling that pupil that they were worthless and they were stupid and that they were not good enough, and that they should probably give up, like, you know, the effect that would have on that people. And yet, Mm. I bet some people listening are telling themselves that internally. So I'd say do that. I'd also say, as a teacher, I used to worry a lot, and I used to stress a lot, and I used to, um, I just think I was trying to control everything and make everything perfect, because, you know, that was what I thought it should be. And I just think now there's a lot of stuff I can't control. And so now I really, I mean, again, I don't do this perfectly, but I really try not to spend time and energy on stuff that actually I can't really have any influence over and I can't have any control over. So I'd say, you know, look at what's actually in your control. And if you can't do anything to change it, it's probably not worth the stress and the worry and the time over it. And really just then put your energy and time and focus into what you actually can have an influence and have control over. And that will really help. And then one more thing I'd love to say um, is about, I'm really big on making choices that feel good to you. Because I think that for me, 
part of my issue when I was teaching was that I kind of did a bit of like, well, this is just how it is. And I, I can't do anything about it. this is just how the system is, how the school is, how the other people tell me to do things. This is just teaching now. I can't control it. I can't do anything about it. And actually, what I've realized now with lots of reflection is that I wasn't then making choices. And now what I'm really big on is just making a choice. And there is no right or wrong choice, but just making a choice and making the choice myself because it feels good to me, not because someone else has told me to do it. So like a really simple one in terms of that and, you know, with teaching, how many times do I tell myself like, oh, I need to mark all these books or I should be going to do this or I should be doing more on my Sunday afternoon or I like, you know, I have to do this. I have no choice about it. Well, I get I get that it's busy and I get that it can be stressful, but I could say like, look, I'm choosing to mark these books now so that when I go home, I can forget about it. Or I'm choosing to um, not do any work this Sunday because I know that I'll be more rested and ready for work on Monday. Like put it as a choice where I'm just, actually what I did is I used to spend Sundays feeling guilty that I wasn't doing the work. So I didn't really enjoy the Sunday anyway because I was just feeling guilty all day. But if I went, I'm choosing either to work to get ahead or I'm choosing not to work to give myself some time, but it's a choice. And I've made the choice and I made the choice, not someone else kind of made me do it. So I just think if you can reframe things, get away from all the shoulds and the have tos and the musts and the ought to, you know, all those kind of things, all the modal verbs. Yeah. If I want to go back to my uh, spag days, uh, if I want to, <laughs> if I get rid of all those modal verbs and go, I choose to do this instead, then actually that just feels a lot better. And I'd say that would really help. And that might be a good, they might be some good first steps for people that are just trying to start to think about what does this mean if I'm talking about personal development and talking about my mind and like you say, where do you even start? Hopefully there's some kind of easy places yeah. to get started. Yeah, no, I think that's good. And I think, you know, over time, if you can kind of control the should haves and things like that, that's when you can start reducing maybe the amount of time you are working um because of the choices that you're making yeah um, but yeah so how can our listeners find out more about you then how can we follow you uh well like i say i'm big on choice so i have a free facebook group called choice club and that's all about um making and celebrating choices that feel good to you basically uh so if anyone wants to come and join that they can find it um via Choice Club and they can request to join. Um, I'm also on Facebook as Emma Can Coaching or LinkedIn as Emma Can. They are the places that I am the most and that people people can find me. Um, Yeah, and if any of that's kind of sparked something or if any of that has just given you a thought about something, you know, I just think I'd love to kind of connect with people and maybe some other stuff I share might help them with some other thoughts or maybe they've got some questions for me. I'd be happy to connect with people in those ways. Super. Thank you, Emma. Thank you for talking about my favourite thing. (laughs) You're very welcome. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening. The Teachers Podcast is in association with Classroom Secrets, a provider of high quality and affordable teaching resources that children love and teachers trust. To find out more, visit classroomsecrets.co.uk.